This is the Insulone podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode... And when my blood sugar started to climb from the delayed spike from the fat, they just continued to climb. And I ended up going up to... I think I slept through the night about 12.5, 12.9 millimoles, which is much, much higher than I'm used to. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Insulone podcast with myself, Owen, and my beautiful oh, thank you. co-host, Graham. So kind. What's happening? How are you? You're all right. I appreciate you getting up. I appreciate you. Owen, I know you're... Um, it's... 7 a.m. in New York right now, and it's 12 p.m. in Dublin. And uh, due to uh, a schedule conflict, you're up bright and early to record this episode of the Insulone Podcast. So I appreciate appreciate you, and I know the listener appreciates you going out of your way <laughs> to get this episode recorded before I go to Liverpool for a few days. Well, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> like I'm up anyway. But see, the thing about it is, and I think I might have said this on the podcast before, I don't speak for the first couple hours at least. Mm. Because when I get up, I do a couple of things. And then the work that I do initially is work that I don't have to speak for. Like I don't do podcasts or I don't do calls because um, I like to just kind of settle myself into the day. So I'm pushing past. I'm Come getting on. the podcast done. I'm trying to bring the energy. Have a, have a, have a cob or a cob, have a coffee. As you can see, my brain hasn't yet woken up. I have a coffee in front of me, ready to go. So let's do this thing. Well, uh, I want to kick off. And just because I haven't been on the podcast in a couple of weeks, I want to do a special shout out to last week's guest, Claire, who was just phenomenal. And speaking about time zones and time differences, I got to hold my hands up as the producer of the podcast, the person who tries to put <laughs> the guests in place for Owen to make sure all time zones align I made a massive boo-boo and I was so disappointed in myself. So Claire, if you were listening to last week's episode, which we'll talk about in a second, is Irish, but she's living in Australia and I completely messed up the time zones. Where I'm so used to setting up guests that are in America who are behind Dublin. I, for some reason, just presumed Australia was behind New York completely messing up the time zones to which Claire was ready to record her time Thursday at 9am in Brisbane or sorry she's on Brisbane time mm -hmm. where Owen I told him to be ready for 6pm on Friday New York time which was completely the wrong day I messed it up by 24 hours so Claire, if you're listening to this, I know I apologize on email. I want to apologize on the podcast too. But then she was so good enough to come on the podcast the next day and do it. So uh, she made up for my mistake. Just an utter yeah. disgrace. Look, it's not acceptable. It isn't acceptable. And I, How I, many I, times now, Graham, have you done that? This is probably Just strike nine mistakes that I, I'm on now. And one more strike on, and I don't think you would be in the wrong to just get rid of me. See, I would find that acceptable if... This was the first time. It's yeah. not. No. Nope. So, apologize. Look, once we finish recording, we'll have a word. <laughs> um, but it was funny as well because I, I was walking around. I was walking around New York at like six thirty p.m. on the Thursday. Obviously, knowing that I was doing the episode on the Friday, 
and I get a message from Claire being like, hey, Owen, hope you're good. Um, just letting you know, ready to record whenever you are. <laughs> this is the day before. And I was like, uh, great stuff. De- <laughs> de- delighted to hear that you're ready, but ju- it's in 24 hours. <laughs> so like, I'll, I'll chat to you then. And she goes, oh, it's the, it's the 24th in Australia today. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, no. Um, but yeah, Ray as I said, she was she was kind enough to do it in twenty four hours time, and we got it done. But I, what I, a what what an episode! It was so good. And you know what? Oftentimes, I'm editing the episodes, and I'm just so engrossed in what they're saying. And it was such new content to the Insulon Podcast. We've done over one hundred and fifty episodes, and having that insight into what it is like to um, be pregnant with type one diabetes was so insightful. And also, super informative for women who um, will be going through that if they are having a baby, but for men as well to understand what women have to go through. So I know some partners of people with type 1 diabetes listen to this podcast too. So if there are any men listening to this podcast, really important for them as well to understand what their partner will have to go through if they do end up getting pregnant with type 1 diabetes. It was so good. And I know you called her up on it as well in terms of she was worried that she didn't want to put people off but you said it was the complete opposite it was so important to know what it's going to be like going into it yeah 100 she was a bit apprehensive about it at the start well not apprehensive but a bit she just she didn't want to discourage anyone in any way because she had gone through like obviously, as you can you can hear in the podcast, a couple of stressful periods throughout, and she didn't want in any way for that to kind of like intimidate people into it or or out of it, I should say. But it just goes to show you like the impact that it has, yeah. and the thing that stood out to me the most. Well, there was loads of it, but one of the things that stood out to me the most was when she said that after childbirth, essentially when the placenta is is not there anymore. Boom, insulin sensitivity just goes back to, yeah. to normal instantly. That's just insane. I didn't know that. Yeah, I found that mad as well. It was, and so, so well told as well. And um, just, yeah, just fair play to Claire. It's, uh, it's so good if you haven't listened to it. And maybe you have no connection to pregnancy. Maybe you've already gone through it and you were diagnosed afterwards, but just a mm. super, super informative episode. And uh, so glad that she approached you to come on the podcast, which I love as well. And that's what we're always asking for here on the Insulone Podcast as a community of type 1 diabetics, that if you have a story, come forward, send us an email, theinsulonepodcast at gmail.com, because you can see how helpful your story, you mightn't think it, that your story will be helpful, but your story can be so helpful to hundreds, if not thousands of diabetics around the world that listen to this podcast every week. That's the thing about it. It's, and who was I having this conversation with recently? But it's like, because we live with our diabetes every day, things that happen in our lives, it, it can be so normal to us. But then when we actually speak about it out loud or somebody else hears about a story or an incident or a perspective or whatever it might be, it can be completely new to them. And some of the guests that we've had on this podcast, some of the most interesting ones and some of the most unbelievable stories have been people that have reached out to us. So if you're listening, 
we always say, send an email, send an email, send an email. If you are listening, honestly reach out because all stories are relevant. All stories are are interesting for the podcast because everybody has their own unique sort of experience with diabetes, even though it is essentially the same condition. Uh, one that comes to mind that reached out recently and just to send an email and we thought this would be a fantastic episode is Jafir, the happy diabetic. Remember him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love yeah, yeah. Jafir. Such yeah. a nice guy. And uh, and I like to see that he's still keeping in contact with you. I see him commenting on your posts on Instagram as well. Um, he's such a legend and we were delighted to have him on. But I want to ask you about a post I saw on your Instagram, Owen, about you had a meetup with one of your clients from the Type 1% program in New York recently. Yeah, so I met up with AJ, who has been in the program for about a year, maybe just over a year. He was diagnosed just over a year ago, too. He, he basically joined the program pretty shortly, like almost instantly after he was diagnosed. But he lives in D.C., and he was up in New York for work. So he messaged me. He was like, is there any chance you're still in New York? If you are, let's grab a coffee. And I obviously was. So we met up with him and it was uh, so nice to meet him. Like so, well, so nice to meet him in person. It's kind of like the beauty of the program because there are people from all around the world in it. And when I was coming over here, I was like, surely at some stage I can meet one of my clients who lives in the States. So it worked out really well. But AJ's just a beast, like mentally, physically, emotionally, for somebody who was diagnosed just over a year ago. He is consistently up at 80, 90% time and range. He's gained over 20 pounds of muscle. Wow. And just speaking to him, like I, I obviously I'm, I'm in touch with him a good bit in the program, but having a sit down conversation with him in person, he's just so confident already with his diabetes. And it's, refreshing to see that because obviously there's so much information out there there's podcasts there's websites there's social media all these different things and sometimes it's almost like there's too much information and you're not entirely sure of you know what to focus on what's important what will benefit me what suits me but just talking to him it was as if he has been living with diabetes for 20 years Mm. so yeah really really refreshing really reassuring for anybody who is newly diagnosed of course it's a massive shock but it's the best time you can be diagnosed that's the way i always look at it because even the time that's passed since i have been diagnosed is 11 plus years even in that period of time things have just changed completely like mm-hmm. i was finger pricking for 10 plus years and now a lot of people, thankfully, can get CGMs where you, you just open your eyes completely to blood sugar. So, yeah, really good, really good to see him. Really good to see him. And I was delighted that I met a client who was much taller than me. So he made me, <laughs> he made me look tiny in the post. <laughs> Must have been good for you as well because you are obviously always on calls with your clients. But to actually meet the people in real life and see the impact that the program has had on them must be super refreshing for you personally as well yeah it is it's really nice like i've, I've met obviously a few f- clients who live in ireland because it's obviously smaller and more convenient but yeah to see 
somebody who is incredibly confident of their management and like he has a super demanding job he trains all the time now and he's just in a much better place and he's somebody who i remember our initial call and he was still in that kind of shock and overwhelm of the diagnosis which is understandable everybody is but yeah it's it kind of hits home more when you meet people in person when they're doing great things so yes yeah, it's, it's a it's a nice feeling I want to ask you about the instagram reel you put up last night about fast acting insulin and an incident that you had recently about falling asleep and um oh, yeah. erection doses and everything go yeah, on in case yeah. somebody didn't see that i thought it was really interesting can you explain that to us yeah, so basically, now, most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, if I'm eating later in the day, I'll always have a much lower carb meal. So I'm taking less insulin, I'm eating less carbohydrate, therefore, it's easier for me to manage bloods overnight, which I want to do. But the other night, I had a relatively high carb meal, relatively high fat meal, I think was like, it was a packet of rice and a few pieces of chicken and uh, I can't remember what else it was. But anyway, it was, it was, it was, it was high carb, high fat. Basically when I'm eating anything that's over about 20 grams of fat per meal in that meal, I'll split my dose to counteract a delayed spike. So it's similar enough to what we can hear about like the pizza effect. And I know we've gone through it in a bit more detail in previous podcast episodes, but basically the fat slowing down digestion as a result, seeing a delayed spike in your blood sugar. So that's why I'm sure every single person listening to this podcast right now has probably eaten a pizza and then two, three, four, five hours later, their blood sugar just continues to climb. So that's a good example of it. But basically, when I'm doing it, when I'm having a meal like that, I will split my insulin dose, like I said. So I'll take X amount as a pre-bolus, X amount as a delayed bolus to counteract that spike. Now, what happened was it was an incredibly busy day and I ended up falling asleep before taking my split dose. So basically I had fallen asleep and my blood sugars were continuing to climb from the delayed spike from the fat, but because I was asleep, I obviously didn't take my second Mm. insulin dose, which I had planned on. So my blood sugar just continued to climb overnight. And for whatever reason, my Dexcom alarm wasn't on which annoyed me even more when I woke up. So so what happened? So basically, how I have my Dexcom alarms set, I obviously have my low alarms on all the time, but during the day while I'm awake, I don't have any high alarms because I don't really go high during the day when I'm just kind of in my typical routine or whatever it is. But at night, I have an alert schedule set so that if I do go higher... I'll wake up because I'm asleep. But for whatever reason, that alert schedule wasn't on. And when my blood sugar started to climb from the delayed spike from the fat, they just continued to climb. And I ended up going up to, I think I slept through the night about 12.5, 12.9 millimoles, which is 
much, much higher than I'm used to, yeah. which is high in general anyway. So it was like an entire six, seven hour sleep up at that height. So I woke up feeling as if I, <laughs> I had had about 10 pints before the night before. It just felt horrendous. And in that moment, it's a very, what I call it is like a very fragile moment because I'm waking up straight away. The first thing that I do in the morning without fail is check my blood sugar. You're almost in quite a reactive state at that time because it's like first thing in the morning, you're just waking up, you're trying to get yourself out of bed. And I feel as if I'm easier, it's easier to be triggered at that time because I'm tired and just waking up. So I want things to just go smoothly for my morning. So when I checked my blood sugar, I think my Dexcom said it was like 12.9. I was like, oh, Christ, here we go. I knew it was high because I just felt horrendous, but double checked with a finger pricker um, and it was pretty much exactly 12.9. Now, reacting too quickly in that moment can lead to a rebound drop, which everybody wants to avoid because if we react too quickly, take too much insulin, inevitably we drop and then we feel bad the other end. And then because we have dropped following a high, it's like, oh, further frustration. And then you might overtreat the hypo because you're still in that reactive state. So what I did was I used my typical calculation of one unit of insulin should typically bring me down about three millimoles per liter. So if I'm at 12.9, taking two units should bring me down to about 6.9. So what I did was I took two units. No, sorry, I took two and a half. So I wanted my 12.9 to bring me down to about 4.9. Okay. Now, what happened was I took my 2.5, went about my morning, did everything as normal, and about 45 minutes passed, 50 minutes passed, nothing was budging. My blood sugar was still essentially just as high as it was, which for anybody listening knows how frustrating that can be because we're under this impression that fast acting insulin is fast acting insulin. But what we always need to remember and, re and remind ourselves of is the fact that fast acting insulin is not as fast acting as you might think or as you might hope, particularly when you're already up high. Because when your bloods are up high, it's almost like the way I look at it is my insulin needs to work harder to bring me down and it takes slightly longer to bring me down. So within 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, nothing was budging. My sensor said I was still up at 12.9 and I was considering, oh, should I take more? Should I take more? Should I take more? Because I just wanted my blood sugar to come back down in range because when I'm higher than I want, I, I, just, I feel I can't even focus or concentrate as much as I need to or want to, even while I'm doing work in the morning. So I was like, no, I'll hold off, I'll hold off, I'll hold off. Double checked with a finger prick. I was coming down. And then about 60 minutes after I took my dose, so I took my dose at about 6 a.m. I didn't see my blood sugar actually come down until about 7 a.m. on my sensor. 
and I actually ended up coming down to about <clears throat> that's a nice voice crack. <laughs> I, I actually ended up coming down to four point four, so I was perfect in the end. But basically, the point that I'm making here, and I know this is a long-winded way of making a point, but it's be aware of the fact that when your blood sugars are up higher than you want them to, or you wake up higher than you would like, you're in a reactive state because you're pissed off and you're annoyed that your blood sugar is higher. Don't react too quickly because then you're risking dropping down too low as a result. It's going to make you feel even worse. So be aware of the fact and remind yourself of the fact that the insulin that you take will probably take longer than you want it to. So if I had have reacted 30 minutes later, 45 minutes later, even 55 minutes later and said, this dose wasn't enough, it's not doing anything, I'm still high. If I had taken more, I would have crashed. So what I always say is in moments where your blood sugar is much higher than you want it to, it is being more stubborn than you expected it to, take whatever correction you think you need if you take corrections. But always double check with your finger pricker because your sensor is always going to be catching up by a few minutes anyway. So your finger pricker is going to be a more accurate reading of where's my blood sugar right now. Whereas your sensor is always playing catch up because it's not actually in your blood. It's in your interstitial fluid, which essentially is like between your blood and your skin. So it can take longer to catch up, essentially. So don't react too quickly. Be aware of times you're actually in a reactive state. Because sometimes you simply just being aware of the fact that you're in a reactive state gives you the ability to make a better decision. Because you're like, oh yeah, I've, I've, I've been in this place before. I've felt like this before. I've been frustrated or super reactive before. Let me just pause, take it slow and actually make a rational decision here without boom, 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 doing things too quick. As always, Owen, thank you very much for those tips. I appreciate that. The video is on Owen's Instagram, at InselOwen. Also, his TikTok, at InselOwen there too. Give him a follow on TikTok as well. I can't so, believe there's, I'm on, I can't believe there's now a TikTok profile. <laughs> there is now a TikTok profile yeah, yeah. of at Owen. And uh, just to circle back at the very beginning of the podcast, if you do have any stories, just like Claire did, do get us on email the insulone podcast at gmail.com we want this to be your platform to get your stories out there so people can learn from your experiences Owen, thank you as always thank you graham and thank you listener especially but even just a quick note graham before i let you go i always find it fascinating when i am going through stories like that and I'm, li- I'm looking at you on the screen and I'm telling this story. And when I kind of recreate these moments through a story for myself, it's almost like I feel it and I picture where my bloods were. I picture me calculating the insulin. I picture me taking the insulin. And it's funny because when I tell stories like this, it's just something that, of course, you're so well aware of now, but it's just something that you have no idea about, which I find funny. 
because you like you don't understand like I'm, you're aware of it i'm aware I don't, don't, I don't understand you don't truly understand like that feeling or the emotion or the the reaction behind all these sorts of decisions and incidents which is kind of nice it's funny because I'm always looking at you when I'm telling these stories, thinking, what's he actually thinking? <laughs> thinking well, the, one, the one thing I was thinking, as the one thing I've just picked up, and uh, whenever you talk about it, I always think, ah, yeah, it's when you're talking about your CGM catching up to your uh, finger pricker. And I'm always thinking, it's because it's in the interstitial fluid, not the blood. It's the interstitial fluid. I know that. I know why. That's the one thing I always pick up when you're doing your maths and how much per gram protein you have to take. I'm like, whoo, lost. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, interstitial fluid. They won't catch me out on that one. There you go. Right, Graham. Pleasure as always. And to you, listener, pleasure as always. We know there's probably hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there now that you can listen to. So we appreciate you giving us your ears every week and we hope that you can benefit from it. Have a good week. Have a good, well, have a good day. Have a good week. Look after your blood sugars. Chat to you soon. Take care. We love you. See you later.